This is Cinema Degeneration. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. We're not that different, Dick. I do not enjoy killing, but it's my job. Someone has to do it. Maybe. Me. The hobo with a shotgun. He didn't just eat their bodies. He ate their souls. And I joined in. I'm gonna sleep in your bloody carcasses tonight! I suggest aspirin for the headache. What headache? I'm surprised you don't have a grenade launcher. Couldn't get a permit. Because I cut off his legs. And his arms. And his head. And I'm gonna do the same to you. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears. <laughs> Sarah, I said wait! Son of a bitch, where the hell is he? Sorry, Frank. What's a fetching female like you doing here? I don't know. How many guesses do I get? I'm Warden Holiday. Welcome to Camp Holiday. Trapped in a prison of the future. Each one of these collars is electronically linked to another prisoner's collar. Betrayed by a woman of his past. If they're ever separated by more than 100 yards. Frank Warren is wired to explode. We like to refer to it as wedlock. I know who your wedlock partner is. <laughs> You're my wedlock partner. Oh, no! We gotta jump. No, way. No! Crazy! Crazy! So where is he now? Don't shoot! We're coming out! What the hell is going on here? The real question is, is he going to lead us to the diamonds? Who the hell was shooting at the police back there? Oh! Hold it, boss! Step on it! Come on! After the job, dropped the diamonds off at my friend's place. Figured I could pick them up later. And I got shot. That's too bad. Tracy! Frank! Come on! doesn't kill you. I will. Alrighty, folks, welcome once again to Cinema Degeneration and our Rucker Hauer Appreciation Month. It is still well underway, and we are bringing you quite the little oddity. Uh, as we were talking off the air, I don't believe in the term uh, guilty 
pleasure or guilty choices, but um, this one is about as close as you can get. We are going to be reviewing and dissecting Wedlock, a.k.a. Deadlock, from 1991, starring, of course, Rucker Hauer, Mimi Rogers, Joan Chen, and James Remar. But joining me this evening as my co-host is Marcus Cook. How are we doing? Pretty good. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. I'm, I'm glad to get you on the show. It's been about a, what, about a year and a half since you've been on. I think the last one we did was They Live. Yeah, that was, that's been a while. <laughs> it's been a hot minute. We've been through a, a year and a half, <laughs> two years of a fucking pandemic since the last time we talked. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But uh, this was a hard one to, to come by. Um, you, you can watch it, folks at home, if you don't have the means to pay $6 for the Xenon Pictures, the pretty, pretty, uh, and I'm using air quotes here, pretty, pretty DVD released by Xenon Pictures. It retails for about $6.99. And if you don't want to fork over that kind of money for this little sci-fi comedy gem, uh, you can watch it on YouTube. Uh, I believe it's streaming on Plex uh, or might be on Tubi, but I'm not sure. But yeah, this is uh, quite the oddity, and I'm, I'm glad you picked it. And I remember when you uh, were first mentioned it, I think you were calling it Deadlock, which is, it's got a weird history. Because I, I think it was yeah. called Deadlock on cable, but then it was called Wedlock when it was released on physical media? Um, I, I don't know if, when the name changed happened because my vhs uh still says deadlock i actually have two copies on vhs just in case one breaks down but like um yeah both <laughs> of them say deadlock and that's how i remember it on tv but and it's really weird yeah. because they use <laughs> watching the t- it on well they use the term de- oh yeah uh, they use the wedlock left and right wedlock in the movie in the film. yeah yeah but uh, this would be directed by Louis Teague, who did uh, Cujo, Cat's Eye, and uh, one of my personal favorites, Alligator, the original Alligator, which I absolutely fucking love. Great creature feature. It was made for cable, HBO. It was a cable should, movie. Huh? We should cover Alligator one time. I, I, I was actually going to suggest that. I was like, uh, we should do Alligator 1 and 2 as a double feature. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, we can do that here. I know you're super busy, so we'll we'll have to get our schedules to coincide with each other. But yeah, so when I I approached you with um uh, with a uh, with doing this Rucker Hauer Appreciation Month, I know you originally asked for a split second, but everybody and their brother did. <laughs> oh yeah, I wonder why it's it's such a cool one. It's it's such a cool movie. It's bonkers nuts. But I did not realize the love that everybody had for that movie. I really seriously thought like. I was truthfully the only one that liked it because I, I would tell everybody about that movie back in the day, as I would tell everybody about wedlock for different reasons, split seconds because it's bonkers insane. And this one is just because it's, it's just, it's so oddly paced and so oddly directed <laughs> and it has a lot of weird, I wouldn't say ill timed humor, but it's really weird humor because it plays off like a lot like a buddy cop flick for about a third of the movie, and the other third it plays off like a like a buddy cop movie meets the fugitive. Yeah, or I mean, yeah, there's this weird underlying hint of comedy where it's not outright like ha ha funny, but it's like uh, definitely a comedy of errors, you know, like oh, what's going to go wrong now? And, you know, uh-oh, this just happened, and uh-oh, that just happened, you know? 
Yeah, when you have the uh, the motif going through the film where you know the the two people, you know, can't be with uh, was it a hundred yards? They can't be a, they can be a minimum of hundred yards away from each other. They go without a hundred yards and they both blow up. There's a bunch of hijinks oh, yeah. that's going to happen. Oh, with that. you should you should back up and explain the plot for anyone who hasn't seen this or like maybe just go yeah. watch it and then listen to this podcast. But yeah, <laughs> you know, well, yeah, but, I yeah, usually they, do the IMDb synopsis. I kind of skipped over that. I'm usually oh. more on it. But let me go ahead and give the quick IMDb synopsis before we get way too deep into this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Wedlock from 1991 is as follows. A male prison escapee heads for his hidden heads for his hidden loot electronically attached to a female prisoner, and you know, damn it, that's that's about, uh, that's got to be one of the worst IMDb synopses that I've ever read. <laughs> yeah, that was like, was that it? All of them? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> no, I, oh, I, that's, that, yeah, that didn't come up much. The storyline is a little longer as it says Frank, played by Rooker Hauer, has been convicted of stealing millions of dollars in diamonds, which have not been re- recovered. In his unisex prison, each inmate has an unknown partner. When the two are separated by more than 100 yards, an explosive collar kills both inmates. Frank and his female partner escape and head for the money, but they are hotly pursued by his double-crossing colleagues. Now, that's much better. That's more of a yeah. synopsis of, uh, yeah, than, than a storyline. <laughs> I love the tagline in the prison of the future criminal justice will have a deadly twist. It's just like it's it says so so little but it tells you so much. I I, I had forgotten the way this movie opened uh, as I know we talked a little bit off the air about it but when Frank is you know Rucker Howard is you know going through his heist with uh Joan Chen and James Remar you know, that are Joan Jen plays his fiance, Noel, and Remar plays his best friend, Sam. And I'm using air quotes here when I say best friend, because he's not much of a friend. Yeah, you, you learn that pretty early on. He gets uh, kind of double crossed. Yeah, and that's where the goofiness really starts. Like, they go with the heist. And of course, you know Remar is a hothead. He he fucks everything up as he as he usually does. And it's like the first thing I remember when I first saw this is like, don't trust Joan Chen as far as you can throw her. Don't trust James Remar as far as you could throw him. They they're both like I, I saw the writing on the wall when I first saw this. It was pretty obvious that they were going to double cross, <laughs> you know, Rooker Howard. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> like when. I love movies like this and, that have their own tech. They kind of make up the you know the, mm-hmm. the stuff along the way. Um, it's very reminiscent, very reminiscent of Running Man, with the explosive collars on. on the, I mean, I think it's like right on the fucking money, uh, Running Man. But it plays a much larger part of this movie than it did in Running Man. That was like blink and you kind of miss it. But I love any movie that starts off with sometime in the future, not. What year it is, not how long in the future it is, or nothing. No, just some In the future of 1991. <laughs> <laughs> Where everybody still has mullets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the clothing choices in this film. Like some, some of them are pretty special. Oh, God. Especially when uh, Frank and, uh, was it Ivory, uh, played by mm-hmm. Mimi Rogers, Ivory slash Tracy, escape. 
and they go through that <laughs> <laughs> like their their first outfits they steal from a couple like uh, you know people that are vacationing from like Nigeria or something so they look really out of place <laughs> i mean really bad but, and then the, then they go to a western town and steal a bunch of money from a crystal lady so they could and then you know don't buy something conspicuous you know or, or inconspicuous you bought like this Gloriously tacky Western wear. <laughs> like, yeah, and brightly colored. I don't know what was that. <laughs> I I don't I don't remember that ever being in fashion, even in '91. But like that that was some wicked ass Western wear. <laughs> I'm gonna hide and blend in in this fucking outrageous fucking cowboy poncho. <laughs> it's just like you know something your odd uncle from like New Mexico might wear. You know, <laughs> but oh, like absolutely. <laughs> but not something that you would want to wear as an escaped convict trying to lay low. It's just not, not going to work. <laughs> but it, I will say one thing this movie does do right. You know, it's it's got some really odd edits. Uh, it's like, mm-hmm. I'll get into some of the odd edits later on. But this movie was Emmy nominated, believe it or not, for sound design, uh, for so- sound editing. You know, so is this a kind of... Just kind of odd to think that this had a, you know what I mean, like an Emmy nomination. They, they were probably they were probably out of options. They're like, oh, well, what do we got? Okay, just send it through. <laughs> right. Now, um, I got to ask you a question. Uh, do you remember your first impressions? You know, give us a little summary of your first impressions of when you saw this movie back in the '90s. So, I mean, obviously, you're a fan if you got two copies of it on VHS. Yeah, they, they they took a while to track down. Um, but yeah, like I said, the the VHS copies I have like actually yeah, say deadlock. So that's all I've ever known it was for. And then trying to look it up, I was like, well, I'm like, why can't I find deadlock? And there's some new deadlock movie out, but um, yeah, it was weird. I was like, wedlock, and then like the titles were saying wedlock, and I'm like. Man, uh, but like my VHS collections in storage, so it's like, oh man, I you know I wanted to pull it out and like, you know, see if the the, the box art and the DVD or you know the VHS movie credits were different. And uh, oh, so you weren't able to do that. No, 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 no. all all my stuff uh, still in storage in. Uh, oh damn. It was like it was like but, me when I had to yeah, hunt down but, I had to hunt down a copy of Mr. Stitch. That, that was hard as hell to come by as well. But there was something about these early '90s uh, horror movies. But I'm sorry, I, I, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Yeah, but um, you know, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, and I kind of forgot the rest of the movie. Like all my memories of it were like the prison scene, and then of course, you know, uh, when the two bad guys get split apart and their heads blow up, the one guy running away and his head blows up. But that's like where my memory stopped of it. I totally forgot like the whole rest of the film became this like, you know. Uh, series of unfortunate events and you know it's uh, like a cat and mouse game and sometimes they get too far from each other and uh uh-oh their heads may blow up and you know it's kind of like a comedy of errors from that part without being like (laughs) funny ha-ha comedy it's like the subtle underlying like you know who fun (laughs) buddy cop movie buddy convict movie it's a weird little mixture of like 48 hours meets like lethal weapon with a dash of science fiction and planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Which, if we're if we're if that doesn't help sell you on the on the movie, folks at home, uh, you know, I don't know what will. What are, what are you doing here? Please go go and watch this movie because we're going to ruin this movie one step at a time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's there's some choices in there, like you know, um, you know, I mean, it's the '90s. I guess, man, boy, we were into some some fashion and some hairstyles then. Mimi <laughs> Rogers with short hair. Um, uh, Rooker Howard and, with the weird Howard's weird man know, bun. Like, like, oh yeah, the man bun, and then like you know the the, the shaggy. Like he's ha- worn his hair kind of long in other things, but this like looked particularly bleached. And it, I, I I don't know. The only thing I could like connect his haircut. He looked like a grown up Charlie Bucket from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> You're not wrong. Charlie Bucket called. He wants his hairdo back. Right. You're not wrong, sir. You're not wrong. I I never put put that pin on it, but <laughs> fucking Charlie Bucket. Oh, but to give us give you folks at home a little bit, uh, you know, of an intro to this. It starts off with the heist. The the heist goes wrong because Remar is a hothead. They have to disguise themselves as cops. And what does he do? He brings live guns because as he says, I'm using air quotes here, you can't see. He's like, that adds to the realism. Well, what happens? The cops find him out and they end up, you know, Remar and Chen uh, pop a couple of cops and everybody gets all split up. And, you know, they're... Oh, yeah, it continues. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I was just going to say, like, and then, you know, like, but when they all get back together, what do they do? They, they fucking, you know, they double cross Frank because Frank and Noel are supposed to be a couple. Remar's supposed to be his good friend. They got a, a history where they were together in the Navy where, you know, Remar, I guess, would send him out on his missions and Frank would d- disarm the bomb. So basically he did all the hard work. <laughs> but like when he when they double cross him, it's the goofiest double cross. It's just like they're all over each other, and Frank doesn't really seem to know to notice what's going on until they literally shoot him in the chest three times. Yeah, and the funny thing is, you know, of course you got to have like something that's gonna you know start the whole movie off otherwise there is no movie they would have completely gotten away with it if it weren't for his girlfriend you know stealing the necklace and wearing it like as they're stealing you know the jewelry she like lifts that one thing and puts it on so she's like plainly wearing this like million dollar necklace and of course one of the stops or the cops you know stops her and like kind of questions like oh that's uh interesting i didn't know you could wear jewelry on the job and kind of calls her out on it and then they they shoot the cop, but like if they didn't have that, they could have gotten away with it. So yep. it's all Joan Chen's fault. Yes, Joan Chen. Yeah, it is Joan Chen's fault. But <laughs> with like, am I the only one too that that thinks like we're? I, I know they they kind of fixed this with a little bit of dialogue, but when Joan Chen shoots uh, Rucker Howard, she shoots him point blank two times in the gut. Point blank in the chest. Yeah, yeah, right in the chest, like like. Uh, right in the heart area like the heart is right there the heart doesn't duck and dodge out of the way she would at least hit <laughs> the heart or a lung but i love when he gets to prison you know when it ma- when again the movie has some weird transitions because after it fades to black and he, you know you think frank's dead it just cuts to him in a prison bus heading to prison is this like what happened how did he live yeah. 
you know, because those bullets not only didn't just, you know, they weren't just flesh wounds, they were full body shots. And like he says, oh, yeah, they missed the heart, lungs, and spine. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but, but what did he do with the jewels? That's what's funny is, like, you know, he would have stashed them somewhere and immediately, you know, got shot. But, like, you know, would he have had a chance, like, in, in the reality world? Uh, would he have been able to make a phone call to his friend and tell him where they were to go stash them somewhere? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, it seemed like the, the time. <laughs> they kind of leave. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. later on in the movie, you find out his buddy Jasper is the one that got the, you know, that got the diamonds and then fenced them for, you know, to get cash. But I, <laughs> I, I, I just don't <laughs> buy it. I just don't buy it at, at all that he had enough time, you know, traipsing around through the sewers, escaping in the cop car. I did like the idea that he escaped through the sewers and sent the cop car down that canal into the oh, yeah. police barricade. It was a neat little, neat little action sequence. And I, I'm there for it. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> but did you catch the early cameo by an early, early, much younger oh, Danny Trejo? Very young Danny Trejo. Well, um, and then like I always forget his name, but like he, the the one movie, like he's he's a guy you see in everything. He's the you know the prison guy, but oh, I don't. I, I always forget the actor's name, but Stephen Tupolowski. Yeah, he's. Okay, from uh, everyone most knows him as the guy from Groundhog's Day. Oh yeah, Ned when Ryerson. I remember Ned him Ryerson. vividly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, so he's the uh, the baddie in the uh, uh, prison. You know, the prison manager. What well, I mean, what do they call the president? I, I, I guess I, I it know. would be a warden. Wouldn't oh. he be? But yeah, like it's, it's this weird seeing him because like I, I'm unabashedly a Goldberg's fan is one of the few sitcoms I watch. So like when I saw it, him in it, the first thing I said, other than him being Ned Ryerson, I'm like, it's the principal from the Goldbergs. Like, how is he a heavy in, how is he playing a heavy in this movie? Like, I don't, I don't get it, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, everybody, Such a yeah. Bad guy. yeah, he, uh, yeah. When I see him, I think bad guy, you know, I think a uh, villain, you know, all the way. <clears throat> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, and speaking of young, um, oh, uh, what his name slips me. Uh, oh, Danny Trejo. Trejo. Yeah, um, yeah. Literally a couple nights ago, uh, Jesse and I were watching something. I forget what it was. We were just going through Tubi, watching like old movies, and Danny Trejo is in the background as a bartender, and we're like, "Holy shit, it's young Trejo!" <laughs> I forget what we were watching, but. <laughs> Like, well, when, when the guy's in, like, 500 movies, it's like, you, you could probably throw, you know, if you have your movie collection, you could throw a dart and hit, you know, and yeah. one out of every three times you're going to hit a movie that he's in. Yeah, and it's just, like, he's a background actor. I guess most of his early films, he was just, like, a background guy or, you know, a biker or, you know, gang member or, you know, bartender. Like, you know, something, like, you completely miss or, and... You know, I guess all of us now know him, you know, as Danny Trejo because he plays like, you know, these great, cool leads and everything. Yeah, but and if the, not leads, he didn't even know, have like an, a, a good, good characters. He didn't even have a name in this movie. I, I looked up his credit. He no, was, he's just tough prisoner number one. Yeah, he's just <laughs> standing next to him and doesn't have doesn't get to do anything. I mean, he's just there. 
He's got like one line of dialogue and he's like, what the hell's going on here or something like that. And then that's it only to pop up later to be, to have his throat ceremon- ceremoniously uh, slit by, uh, uh, I forgot the character's name, Emerald. That, yeah. That, that, Emerald yeah. and his goon. <laughs> yep. And his goon, they, they, or as they put it later on, he's like, I, I think you saw that little tracheotomy that I committed the other night. You need to keep your <laughs> mouth shut. It's just like, oh, like, and the guy that plays Emerald, I always recognized him as the uh, the the twin voodoo drug kingpins from uh, Mark for Death, the really old. Uh, oh, oh, uh, Mark for Death. Speaking of Mark, yeah, speaking of Mark for Death, uh, that had to have come out around the same time because uh, in some of those earlier scenes, they pass by a movie theater and Mark for Death is playing at one of the movie theaters. Oh, no kidding. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That is funny. Oh gosh. Now I gotta ask, like, what do you think about like some of the editing in this? Like, I I, I love I love some of the effects. Like the cinematography is pretty s- standard to say the least. But like, there's a weird sense of editing where this like they don't know where where to go from one scene to the next. So there's like they got that weird transition, you know, at the beginning when Frank gets shot, and then as all of a sudden he's just in camp holiday and then the another yeah. or like the love scene yeah, where they're kind of, starting to get undressed for a moment and then it's all of a sudden just like the next the next day and they're just in another location yeah yeah it's uh kind of it, it very much plays out like i want to say like a uh like daytime tv kind of they really jump through some stuff and you know <laughs> i was actually kind of noticing that i was like oh this really plays like I don't know, a Lifetime movie <laughs> trying to be an action film. Yeah, it does. Uh, but th- I love love the idea when they get to Camp Holiday and the warden, played by Steve Tobolowsky, is Warren Holiday. And his, his thing is that everybody has a device around their neck, just uh, for you folks at home that haven't seen the movie. And again, if you haven't, why you why you listening, please stop, watch the movie come back but uh you know they put those devices around their neck so they're quote-unquote wedlocked or deadlocked depending how you look at it to another prisoner and nobody knows who's their their locked partner is so if anybody there's no walls there's really no guards to speak of there's a very small guard force on this uh in this prison so it's almost like on the honor system you know if, if you run you're you're gonna blow up but then so is somebody else that's going to blow up and nobody has a name. Everybody is known by a color. They're that's given. Cool. Yeah. What do they call Frank? What do they call him? Magenta. Magenta. And uh, <laughs> uh, what's her name's Ivy. Uh, Mimi Rogers. She's a uh, uh, Ivy. Yeah, or Ivory. Ivory. Yeah. I forgot. Ivory. What her, wasn't her real name Tracy because they actually both get slapped around a little bit when they, because they get they get told that like if you ca- ca- get caught smoking you get put in the floaters, if you get caught fighting you get put in the floaters, if you tell anybody your name, you get put in the floaters, and I think it's a really weird like when they talk about you know the floaters, like the first time I watched this I me- I remember thinking this can't be good whatever the floaters is it can't be good, so I actually looked it up. They keep him in the, they keep Frank in the floaters, which is a tank submerged, you know, sensory deprivation chamber. 
in water where there's no sound, there's no light, there's no nothing. So he's in there forever, submerged in water pretty much up to his neck. And like they keep him in there for at least weeks because he grows a fucking beard. Grows a beard in a matter of like, you know, uh, and yeah, they feed him like an apple and a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, this is given to him by his his one friend, you know, that turns out to not be his buddy, but Glenn Plummer plays Teal, who brings him yeah. an apple and a sandwich, and then Emerald shows up just to piss on him. He's like, you ready to talk yet? And he yeah. pisses on him, and it's like the awkwardest scene in the world that, like, you, you never see Rucker Howard in the scene. You just hear him doing some really weird ADR, you know? Oh, man, you son of a bitch, stop it, stop it. But... Like I had to look it up. Oh like yeah, how... other key point. Uh, wow. Other key plot point um, that we missed. Uh, the the other key plot point is like everyone in prison, the head prison guy. Um, th- they're trying to get him to tell where he hid the diamonds, and right. so the bad guys are in it. Like, um, you know, they're all in on it together. <laughs> they're just they all trying want to get the diamonds because I think we glossed over the the fact that there's twenty five million dollars in the diamonds. So it's not like it's not chump change, you know, but yeah. even the warden is just like, you know, like, I, I want to know that where the diamonds are. I mean, like, even at one point, like, Rooker Howard takes a pair of garden shears. He's like, I could cut your head off now. He's like, but I'm not going to. And Stephen Tobolowski, you know, the warden, plays his hand pretty heavy. He's like, we just want to know where the diamonds are. And he's like, if I didn't tell, you know, the DA and I didn't tell the courts, why am I going to tell you? And he's like, oh, you're going to tell us. You know, you're going to tell us for sure. But he he does manage to keep it a secret until, you know, what, good hour, hour and 15 minutes into the movie before he finally, like, utters where they're going. And, you know, once they make their escape here in a little while, you know, when he's linked to Mimi Rogers and they find out they're deadlocked together. Or, you know, I keep wanting to say deadlocked, but I don't know whether to call it deadlocked or wedlocked, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Up until seeing this version of it, I've always known it as deadlock. So that's that's how it's going to stay. I'm, I'm Fair enough. On that <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, when when the sequel itself is called Deadlock Two, you kind of yeah, you know, you got to you got to go with that. But well, we like, should I, cover that one in an upcoming. <laughs> well, you know, I do have a show called Sequel Two Deja Vu. You know, where I do nothing but sequels, so we can do that. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but the part that that I had to, I did a little research on this. I paused the movie when I watched it for the review is like, how long can a human body, you know, stay submerged in water before there are you know, repercussions? It's about three hours that before your body starts to like have repercussions from it, where your skin starts to prune and your, you know, your skin, you know, starts to shut down and your, it affects your kidneys and your liver and everything else. And you will start having organ failure. Then uh, it's actually used as a form of torture as it is in this movie. So like the fact that they keep him in there long enough to, you know, grow a beard, totally fucking unrealistic. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was just like, I, I, I knew there was something up with that, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. But so I did the research three hours. So unless he has the, the fastest growing facial hair in the fucking world. No, no, just not going to happen. Not going to happen, folks. <laughs> but, you know, everybody in this movie, uh, I think you would agree, Marcus, that every, there's really nobody in this movie that. Uh, Rucker Howard is Frank can trust. 
You know, because everybody no, that he does end up trusting ends up fucking him over big time. Except for Jasper. <laughs> but Jasper well, yeah. has a very short part. Yeah, when when he when his buddy Jasper comes in at the end, he, you know, he's in, what, two scenes for about three minutes? And he gets shot unceremoniously right in the fucking back? And this is like, well, there was his one buddy. He's fucking gone. Uh, but I, I do like the, uh, the scene... But I know you are a special effects maestro. I want to know, like, how do you think they did the running head gag when the guy's running and the head blows up? Did they oh. just get? I I I rewatched that a couple of times, looking for you know, looking for a mistake yeah. of some sort. Oh, I watched it a lot as a kid, rewinding that one sequence, and um, I did kind of a similar gag in uh, <laughs> one of my very early movies, like backyard movies. I don't show anybody, but like, yeah, I, I, I did a fake kind of upper back, and then had the other actor, you know, or, or the main actor, like put his head down, and so from a low camera angle, you've got a high back, so it looks like his head's missing, and they just had a fake wow. head up on fake shoulders that actually blows up and then and that's why he lands if you watch how he lands he can't land flat because he's got his head tucked down because it's yeah, all he shot from here. he does land kind of weird i noticed that i figured it had to be something like that i figured they maybe just had a really really short actor with fake shoulders and arms and a head you know or something like that but it's really weird when he makes the transition uh frank makes the transition yeah. of being locked with uh mimi rogers you know when he get, gets into that big uh courtyard brawl i guess you would call it with uh emerald and he yeah. finally gets the upper hand on him because like as much as i love rucker howard he's a very physical guy in most of his movies he's a very imposing big big dude he's tall he's broad he's you know he's stout but he's not a fighter in this movie he's not like uh you know action hero-esque he's kind of uh you know, he's like almost every, everybody else in this movie. Everybody, everybody in this movie kind of bumbles their way through stuff. <laughs> you know, Stephen Tobolowski does, yeah. Mimi Rogers does, even James Remar and Jones Chen. They they make a whole lot of not smart decisions, but they end up coming out on top somehow by by chance. But when he pu puts the the working on, uh, he puts the screw on uh, uh, Emerald, and he pops his collar. You know, he's like, he's like, you know, have a nice flight. And he runs. I can't help but feel bad for the guy who makes the run for it. Because, again, yeah. it just goes to show you the absurdity of this, you know, just like in The Running Man, you know, you, you can get blown up just because somebody else makes a bad decision. So I can't help but feel sorry for the guy just a little bit. Yeah. And at least, you know, it was that guy because he was a goon, you know, not a very nice person, you know. <laughs> right, right. But uh, you know, basically from from this point on, it's uh, cat and mouse the entire way. You know, it, um, you end up finding out that uh, you know Mimi Rogers' character Ivory or Tracy, as she finally lets her real name be known, basically got framed. Uh, she was going to marry a guy that was a rich, you know, rich billionaire's uh, kid, and. Uh, you know, they wanted her out of the picture, so they planted a pound, a pound of heroin. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> the same thing that Rucker Howard says went through my mind was like, yeah, that's a lot of heroin, man. 
Like, no wonder you got busted. But, like, I, 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 you know, I had forgotten a little bit about this movie. I forgot, like, you know, the fact that she's kind of in on the deal, too. She's hired by the warden to get the information out of Rooker Hauer of where the diamonds are. But, you know, she's always constantly making phone calls. And you never trust it. It's like in the movie Cobra when the lady goes, the lady cop goes to make the phone calls. Like, you know, keep an eye on the person making phone calls when you're supposed to be going incognito. They're probably telling somebody where you're at. Yeah. But uh, I, I like the fact that, though, they do make the detour on the way to go and get the, the diamonds to go conveniently. This is the most most convenient of movie conveniences ever. It's like they just happen to be uh, going, uh, you know, through through the area where her, you know, ex fiance is now getting married on the same day. Just happens to be the same day yeah. that he's getting married, and she wants to crash the wedding. Uh, <laughs> again, and of course, the- it's in a sky rise. <laughs> but, what could go yeah. wrong? So you know. What could go wrong? Gee, do you th- do you think they're going to get uh, separated? And they do. And we try to watch, uh, trying to you know watch Rucker Howard run down thirty eight flights of stairs so his neck doesn't you know get separated from his head. It, it, it is some great hijinks. Like I love when they get to the inner the the national park, and she's on the bus, and but she's oh, and of course on- he follows the wrong girl. And gets yep. on the bus and they get separated again. <laughs> you get separated again. Two separations right in a row. It, like th- they, they play it for all it's worth. There's three fucking, you know, separations in this movie where they almost get their heads blown off. And I, I, I like it. I, I, I will admit it's a little bit ridiculous, but I do like it a lot. It, it, it creates <laughs> some, some, some colorful hijinks, you know, and a lot of weird, again, uh, weird humor it's just like the weird transitions it's just like it's a, some very weird cho- choices were made i think you said it best when you said it was like a lifetime original movie that was somehow directed as being an action sci-fi extravaganza <laughs> yeah and, and i was thinking though i was like you know this could be a film that could be remade you know today and probably well better written you know a lot yeah. of you know the high jinxy things you, you know you could keep the humor in it um but yeah, that, it, it could definitely be, I mean, because the p- plot is decent, like the setup, you know, with the, the exploding necklaces, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's a great setup for the whole rest of the movie. And it's like, I could totally see this being remade with a bigger budget and more crazy action sequences, you know? Yeah, ramp up the action a little bit, because this was a fairly low budget <laughs> movie. I think I read that the budget was six and a half million dollars, which is... <laughs> Oh. Not a oh, lot. Yeah. <laughs> Not. A, I mean, it's a lot of money. Well, yeah, by, yeah. But by HBO, you know, <laughs> and Hollywood standards, six and a half million dollars. I mean, they, you know, they pay one actor for that kind of, you know, that kind of money these days. This is crazy. Uh, but uh, I, I got to ask, though, getting a little bit off subject here. But do you have a favorite scene in the movie, like a certain sequence that is your favorite? Oh, um, I mean, I guess because that's all I remembered would have to be like the two exploding heads uh, that happen in the prison. The whole prison sequence, I think, is like, you know, or the prison fight. I, like, I think that was w- what stood out the most to me. So that's sort of my favorite. <laughs> okay, right on, right on. 
Yeah, I, I think that's probably my favorite too, or at least the scene where Rucker Howard uses that colorful uh, Western jacket to slide down the, <laughs> you know, the I don't even know what the hell you call that that, that rope that he was sliding down in the, in the movie. Like that was all that jacket was good for. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's just crazy. It wasn't crazy. good for blending in. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that is not the outfit you wanted. Would go. It was so colorful. It was every color of the freaking rainbow. You did if you were trying to lay low and be not undercover is not the one, but incognito is the word I'm looking for. That's, <laughs> that's not the outfit you use. Yeah. Oh, but you just stole thirteen, like what thirteen hundred dollars? Like you know, just go buy something simple. You didn't have to buy a five hundred dollar ugly jacket. That's not smart. <laughs> No, no. I did have a note here when the guards are looking for them in the national park. The two security security guards get scared by the bat. Oh, by the bat, yeah. They make a comment <laughs> that next thing we're going to go do is check out the alligator pit. And I kind of wondered that this was since this was directed by Louis Teague, who yeah. directed Alligator, if that was a wink and a nod, which I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, it probably was. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the the next it's funny. Even though we've already touched base on it here again, I'll bring it up one more time. Uh, <laughs> Frank couldn't. I uh, put it in all caps here. Frank could not have picked a worse worse clothes to remain inconspicuous. Again, <laughs> and I, I I really didn't understand the the implication of them being uh, when they're again you know going from place to place. They hitch a ride in the back of the. The newspaper truck delivering newspapers because i guess even sometime in use air quotes here again sometime in the future they still have newspapers which i don't even think they have them now really anymore yeah. in the future of 1991 <laughs> but they have that awkward but short love scene like where they're very awkwardly taking each other's clothes off you never see any kind of nudity or anything but it's just like they take clothes off and then it's just the next you know, the next day they're just, you know, make how far did that truck drive? They fell asleep in there. Like, where was that truck going? <laughs> Long enough for them to catch a couple hours of shut eye and wake up and still be able to get out of it and remain unnoticed. But I, I, I think the character that I like the, the that I like the most, and. It's Frank's only buddy, Jasper, that Grandel Bush uh, plays. He's a great character actor, been in tons of stuff. But he's in, like, you know, two scenes just to get shot yeah. it, shot in he the back. He picks him up, drives him over to the place, goes up a ladder and gets shot in the back. Like, poor guy. <laughs> I mean, you know, he got a paycheck. I'm sure he didn't mind. But, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> But I felt bad for old Jasper. He, he he played a good guy. He was probably the only guy who was 100% truthful with, with Frank. And mm -hmm. I guess one thing we also, a plot point we, we glossed over here, but uh, this is not like this is a complicated plot, so I don't know how we keep doing this. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Frank is, is an expert, uh, an expert electrician and he's pretty, uh, you know, pretty sure that he can disarm, you know, the C4 explosive, uh, you know, neck charges that are, you know, clamped around their necks. So that's what, uh, Jasper gets him, you know, he, he gets them the, you know, the, the, 
the bag with all the little doohickeys and gizmos and all that stuff that even Jasper's like, I don't even know what half this shit is, but he's like, I know you need it. So he's going to like, you know, <laughs> he's going to you know try to disarm the, the devices. But what happens? James Remar and Joan Chen, who've been following them the entire time, uh, show up. Now, I think we also need to mention that at some point, uh, there's a couple of times where they keep getting framed for stuff that they're not doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Frank and I and Ivory, you know, they, they're leaving the hotel. They're getting ready to give themselves up. And, you know, James Remar shows up with a sniper rifle, starts popping cops off. So, of course, they're going to blame, you know, Frank and Ivory. But they show up, you know, having been in cahoots with uh, Mimi Rogers and the warden all along. It's all been one big ploy just to get just to get the diamonds. That's what this whole movie ends up being about, you know. And it's funny that you mentioned that you had forgotten about the heist part of it. You know, have not watched it for so long. I forgot, too. I totally <laughs> forgot. Like, I just remembered they were in prison. And I, I really was surprised because I kept thinking that I remembered Mimi Rogers being like Rucker Howard's ex-wife for some reason. I swore she played his ex-wife, <laughs> but like I must be getting my movies mixed up. Maybe I'm thinking of the second second Deadlock. I, I'm not sure, but yeah, I yeah. I, I totally second like Deadlock. That. I really don't remember anything about. So <laughs> definitely got to seek that one out, and we should do that for uh, the sequels. Yeah, well, I'll look. I'll look for it and see if I can find it. If it's not uh, streaming anywhere, I'll see if maybe I can find a you know, cheap copy to buy or something. Or, yeah, I definitely would like to do it after seeing this one because I don't remember much of it. I remember seeing it on cable, but I couldn't tell you yeah. a thing about it. I couldn't even tell you who was <laughs> in it. I, I know it has like literally other than the, you know, the 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 storyline with the explosive collars around the neck. That's really like the only thing that I think is uh, how do you want to say. the original yeah i was looking it up here deathlock 2 is also known as escape from zone 14 so i don't (laughs) these two movies really have a have trouble with titles and titling things right uh i'm I'm looking up here this this one came out in 1991 and deadlock 2 or escape from zone 14 as it's called uh came out in 95 and it, oh, wow. uh, but it had a, a, a couple, you know, it had a, one of the same screenwriters, different director, but it had Nia Peoples in it, Isai Morales, and another another actor that I really like a lot uh, is in a lot of stuff, Stephen McCaddy. He's in a ton of shit, and and I don't remember him being in this, so I'm gonna say that I seen it, but I don't remember a damn thing about it. <laughs> But, you know, good. Then it means I can re-see it. It'll be like watching it all over again. You know, it'll be like yeah. watching, it, or watching it anew for the first time, I mean. But uh, anyway, back uh, back to Wedlock slash Deadlock Part 1. Um, I think the whole idea when they're in this uh, factory or slash warehouse or wherever the hell it is, mm-hmm. there's one hell of a silly di- diversion that Mimi Rogers throws by flipping that lever, dumping, I guess, a bunch of flour or sand or <laughs> or whatever the hell it oh, yeah. was that pulls. On- yeah, I think grain because maybe it's stashed in a grain silo. I don't know where they were. It had a lot of water pipes, but <laughs> you know, it's like it's just the same thing that happens in a lot of '80s, '90s films. 
there's a lot of staircases, a, a lot of you know walkways and pipes and and you know things that look like they're they're. Freddy's boiler room. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it looks like Freddy's a futuristic uh, Freddy's boiler room. The future of 1991. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that one from you. I got to. But uh, I do like the fact that the, it's a silly diversion, but it works. But there's a little uh, give and take between uh, Rucker Howard and James Remar where they're fighting, and they both fall down into that that container where they fall into yeah, the, the silo. The, yeah. The, the silo. silo. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's very vague, very vague, but you know, you don't need to know what the hell's how, where the hell it's at. It doesn't matter. Cause you know, it's all about the diamonds, but yeah. I love when they both fall and, and uh, <laughs> Rucker Howard kind of like, I guess we're led to believe that he fell on top of James Remar when they fell down there. But they fell in the water. It was in like six inches of water, but it cushioned their fall after falling 30 feet. I'm like, uh, again, much like uh, the floaters, not a lot of real science. This is more like Sharknado science. Yeah. <laughs> I love the exchange, and I'm not sure what you think about it, but when they're both laying there, in the water, nursing their wounds. She doesn't hesitate. <laughs> she, yeah. Noelle, yeah. Joan Chen does not hesitate. And what does she nope. do? She fucking shoots James Remar. And <laughs> I love what he asked him. He's like, why'd you do it? He's like, he's like, well, you know, it was because of her ass, you know. <laughs> or like, <laughs> cute, cute behind it. And it's like, after she shoots James Remar the first time, and he's like, He's like, you know, yeah, you're the one that took her for me. And he's like, well, hey, do you want her back? I just love the fact that they were still kind of friends. They were on that friendly level. But he's like, no, no, <laughs> no take backs, man. I, I, do, I do not want this bitch back with me ever again. It's, that brings us to the ending. Yeah, that does. <laughs> it brings us to the little rendezvous where they make their way to what I guess was a a church that had seen the, you know, the, yeah, like seen an earthquake or something, but it was, wasn't was very well hidden. You know, he's like, okay, 11, 11 paces from the front door. And it was just like, and they'd step on the first loose board and there it is. And that's when everybody shows up. The warden shows up, not James Remar. He's done dead. He's been killed. But Joan Chen shows up and that you find out that the, you know, the, the screw was on and that, you know, Mimi Rogers had, you know, betrayed him every step of the way. I think he, he actually found that out a little bit ahead of all this. Yeah. yeah but you know, he doesn't know how to, to, to take anything, but this is the biggest fault with the Frank character. I mean, I love the Frank character because he's, he's goofy. He's a little aloof. He, he's a fun guy, but he, <laughs> I guess for a lack of better tune, ter, uh, better term, uh, falls in love way too easy because he's already you know he was in love with joan chen now he's in love with mimi rogers <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you keep falling in love with the wrong with the wrong women i, I think like the, if they're double crossing you just cut your losses cut your losses <laughs> but uh you know I, I i'm trying to figure out a way uh, to yeah, some... he gives him gives him the old switcheroo like <laughs> yeah Oh yeah, and you know, and you know, you know it's coming. 
you know what's yeah. coming when he he gives the uh, the suitcase to the warden. He goes up in the helicopter, and as soon as like the moment he tossed her, he tossed Noel the keys. <laughs> you know the helicopter blows up, the keys start beeping, and what happens to her, Marcus? <laughs> she she gets blowed the fuck up, and it couldn't have happened to a nicer person, to be quite honest, because. <laughs> Without Joan Chen, the events of this movie never would have happened. Yeah. So I guess we got to thank her, her for, for, enter- for two hours of entertainment, right? It's all her fault. <laughs> yeah, really, it was. <laughs> Stealing that one damn necklace. If she hadn't done that in Double Cross Frank, we wouldn't have had a movie. So I guess we ought to thank her for that at least. As, <laughs> but I call that he gets the money. Half the you know half of the the money gets blown up in the helicopter. But I love when it's raining all the that money. I'd I'd have been picking all that money up. They just take the suitcase with the other half, the other twelve twelve and a half million dollars, and, and skedaddle once uh, Joan Chen blows up as well. All that money's still raining from the sky. It's like you know, yeah, maybe a couple million of it blew blown up. But I'd have been picking up every little spare hundred dollar bill and putting it in my pockets. I'm the same. It's oh, yeah. just me. And then he covers her up with the ugly jacket. <laughs> and that's the end of Joan Chen and the ugly jacket. <laughs> <laughs> and the, still, but no no more Warden, no more Noel, but they lost half the money. But still, you know, $12.5 million payday, and he managed to unload that uh, horrible, horrible fucking jacket. And, you know, hopefully lives half, happily ever after, but I'm not so sure, you know, in the after effects of this movie that... <laughs> that Mimi Rogers wasn't going to d- double cross him and he'd wake up one morning and that, you know, that $12.5 million had been gone. I'm, I'm willing to bet, you know, that there was an epilogue yeah. to this movie. It would have been Frank. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, continue. I was just going to say, yeah, it would have been Frank, like alone in a hotel room going, now I'm broke. I don't have a jacket. I don't have a woman and my money's gone. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that is the end of our movie. It, 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 I will say, although a little misleveled with the, you know, the, the the humor versus the action and adventure, it does move along briskly. It's really fast paced. There's not really any moments of the movie where it slowed slows down to the point of being boring. It's never boring, and I think that's the 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 main sin that any movie can commit is being boring. But it it. It doesn't check that box, so I, I can I can forgive it for all its, its shortcomings because, it, like I said, it's very fast paced, never boring. Yeah, that but could that, be the sequel though. <laughs> that could the sequel be. could be guilty. Yeah, that, that might be why you ne- neither one of us remember it very much. <laughs> but no one talks about it. <laughs> well, you know, hey, I mean, it was only made four years later. They obviously didn't have the money or or the inclination to get Rucker Hauer back, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even he was just like, mm, no, Ixnay on Edlock Day. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, um, let's go ahead and get into our final thoughts and ratings on this. I know it's been a long time since you've been on the show. So, as a brief reminder, we just do a quick summary of our thoughts on the movie. And it's raining on a scale from one to 10, one being the worst and 10 being the best. So, go ahead and have at it, man. Uh, it's definitely uh, a pretty cheesy one. Um, 
It may be, I don't know, I'll just give it a middle middle of the road five, because the, the movie is very middle of the road, like it's a strong opening, but then just becomes kind of a goofy cat and mouse, you know, chase movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of gets to be a little paint by numbers, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm coming in a little higher. I'm not coming in much higher than you because I feel like anything a five under a five or under a five I can't recommend. I would still recommend this movie for being a good time. So I'm going to give it a six. <laughs> so I'm not coming in terribly higher, and that, so you know we'll see how well uh, Deadlock Two <laughs> yeah I'm comes excited. in. I'm excited. I'm going to I'm going to make an early prediction. I'm going to say Deadlock Two is going to come in at a four. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that being said, I have a quick uh, two question um, uh, Rucker Hauer questionnaire for you before we sign off. If you got time, okay. <laughs> uh, quick, it's a real easy two part question uh, or two questions. Uh, the first one is, uh, what was the first Rucker Hauer movie that you ever remember seeing when you were introduced to Rucker? Oh, Hitchhiker. That uh, he was a scary son of a bitch. In oh, that. the Hitcher. The Hitcher, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, God! Such a good goddamn movie. <laughs> Still solidifies the fact that is the reason why I will not pick up a hitchhiker. I don't care yeah. if you got a whole family on the side of the road. I don't care if your car's on fire. I don't care if it's raining. I will not pick up a hitchhiker. Just won't do it. You know, it didn't work out for C. Thomas Howell, and I know it's not yeah. going to work out for me. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I always picture Rucker Howard in that going. Oh, because I cut off his his arms and his legs and his head. And I'm going to do the same to you. It's like, nope, I'm not putting myself <laughs> in that position. The second and last question is um, is kind of a two-parter. It, it may be, is, do you have a favorite Rooker Hauer movie versus a favorite Rooker Hauer performance? Um, I guess maybe they'd be kind of one and the same. I really like Hobo with a Shotgun because it's fucking bananas. Oh yeah, it is great. <laughs> yeah, Hobo was a shotgun. This this one we also covered here, obviously, because we weren't going to be able to do a Rucker Hauer month without Hobo with a shotgun. And you know, I would expect a Hobo with a shotgun to show up and pop pop one in my head if I didn't. <laughs> the, the the fact that they got him to do that that was I I don't know, it, awesome. Yeah, it was a fucking phenomenal movie, but bonkers. I always okay. kind of wish they had done. A sequel, you know. Mm-hmm. I know it obviously would not have Rucker in it for the way it ended, <laughs> you yeah. know. But uh, I always thought like a movie about the plague from yeah. Hobo with a Shotgun would have been a great, great like solo movie, a prequel or sequel, or about the you know the girl what happened to her after she <laughs> got her got her head half cut off and then got her arm cut off by the the, the, the lawnmower blades. I'm like that poor girl. Like, I wanted to know what happened to her. <laughs> yeah. Besides dying of blood loss, you know. <laughs> but that being said, um, dude, I got to thank you. It's been a long time since, uh, you know, we've done these. But every time I was getting ready to do a show, I seen you were so busy. You know, you're always on location doing some film or doing an effects work. I just didn't want to bother you. So I was glad I was able to catch you on the way back from your last film shoot and be able to get you back on the show. We'll definitely have to... I'll have to look into uh, finding Deadlock too, and I'll actually do that as soon as we're done recording and see if we can find it. So if you got some time coming up, maybe we can hammer out another one of these in the near future. Definitely. <laughs> 
And uh, this is the point where I got to ask before we sign off, do you have anything new coming out or anything new you want to plug? The show is going to drop in probably about uh, two and a half, three weeks. So anything new you want to talk about and plug before we get get going here? Um, uh, yeah, I guess uh, one of my early, early films, like coming up on its 25th anniversary, Rot, Punks, Puke, and Necrophilia, like we're going to do an official Blu-ray re- release. So working nice. on it's it's been a long time in the making, but finally ready with it. So yeah, uh, for, for what that's worth, yeah, rot on Blu-ray with uh, some new interviews and stuff with some of the cast. So nice. I actually just watched that homemade, hand-painted uh, rot VHS that I got from you a couple years ago. I just watched that again the other day for like the first time in like a year. <laughs> fun times <laughs> yeah fun times fun movie i like i like it it's it's, it's my type of grossness man <laughs> now i gotta ask is there any plans to do another mk ultra film oh the uh yeah like a mixtape uh yeah, working a little by little i've been working on the fourth one so but yeah there's so many other projects going on it just kind of keeps sliding to back burner but i don't know maybe maybe by summer i'll have uh mk ultra mix four ready uh, well Considered that first copy already sold. Awesome. <laughs> it's it's mad genius, man. The last one, I'll just say this without giving away too much because I don't want to give away to you know any of these three MK Ultra films, but the the Mr. Bean autopsy sequence. <laughs> Dude, it's something I wanted to justice. do forever. Oh my god! Because the first time I saw. Um, Aftermath. That was the first. I'm, I'm like Peptozar looks like Mr. Bean to me, and so in my head, like forever, I can't not see Aftermath and not think Mr. Bean. And I finally found like clips of Mr. Bean in a doctor outfit, and I'm like, it's gonna happen. I gotta make this. <laughs> and bless you, sir, for doing it. You you were doing the Dark Lord's work. I'm I'm telling you. <laughs> it's a hell of a mashup. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's the best. It's, if I ever want to test anybody's, uh, you know, their resilience, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna show them that particular sequence. I'm like, <laughs> watch this. If you can do it without leaving the room, then we can be friends. <laughs> it's a litmus test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's my version of the Voight comp test. It's just like, uh, are, are you a robot? No, we'll figure this shit out. We'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> But that being said, buddy, I wanted to thank you, Marcus, for for coming on. Cool. It's been a long time Thanks since, uh, yeah, it's been a long time since we talked. And hopefully, uh, again, um, I'm gonna as soon as we get out there here, I'm gonna look into uh, Deadlock too. And if I, we can find it anywhere, we'll hammer out a date and um, we'll record on that one real here real soon. Sounds but, like a plan. Right on. Well, folks listening at home, you have been listening to Cinema Degenerations Rucker Hour Appreciation Month, where we have been reviewing and dissecting. Wedlock, a.k.a. Deadlock, from 1991. Thanks for listening, folks. He's going to strangle him. He's not going to strangle him. He's going to... Get the ambulance! Stop it! Get ready to fly. Okay.